Hey, this is Buzz with the Buzz on Education, where I talk about the best tech tips, products, and trends happening in education today. And today I'm going to focus on podcasting. Yes, yes, podcasting for educators to reach their students. Coming right up, so stay tuned. Hey, hey, it's Buzz, and welcome to my podcast. And as I mentioned in the opener, we're going to focus on podcasting for educators. Thought it was a great topic in these times because everybody wants to reach out to their students in uh, varying ways. And podcasting might be a little bit new to the education community, but nonetheless, a great way to get to students. And in doing just that, I thought I'd invite someone who knows quite a bit about podcasting to this episode. And so with me today is Meredith Allen with Soundtrap. Hey, Meredith, welcome to the show. Hey, Buzz. Thank you so much for having me today. So glad to have you. Uh, let me say a few words for our listening audience about you so that they get to know you. Uh, prior to joining Soundtrap, Meredith was an instructional technology consultant and former teacher and taught instrumental music K7 Technology in Iowa, her home state. She uh, led the Virtual Reality Education Pathfinder program, served on the district leadership team, assisted in the district's one-to-one a computing initiative. She did that without a cape, by the way. She probably was wearing a cape. Uh, <laughs> Meredith holds a Master's of Science for Education in Technology and Training, so it goes without saying that we're glad to have Meredith with us today. So again, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. So I thought we'd uh, break it down uh, this episode into three easy pieces for everybody to understand podcasting, because uh, Sounds easier than it is, I think, sometimes. But uh, we're going to make it fun. And uh, the first thing out of the gate is people always want to know, well, what's the right gear to have? What do I need? And then number two, would, what methods or approaches are, are used for creating good podcasts? Because all of us hear some really great ones, dynamic ones. And then lastly, how does Soundtrap make it easy to create podcasts? And Meredith can really expand on that idea. And so uh, with that, let's get started. Um, with our first and number one part, uh, what's the right gear? Um, and having, again, the right tech always makes a difference. I have a sister-in-law over in California who teaches fourth grade kids, and she was reading books to them, and uh, they couldn't hear her very well, and I ended up buying her a microphone, and it changed the whole dynamic. Of course, now, a week and a half later, she's a pro telling me how it goes, which is cool, because she really d realized how big uh, having the right voice uh, and having the right equipment ma uh, mattered. So microphones are a big deal. They're sometimes a little bit hard to get right now because everyone's kind of caught on to the idea of getting microphones and webcams and things of that nature, which are the new tools everyone's using to communicate. So finding yourself a microphone that's a USB microphone that sometimes either has a windscreen, so it takes all the the puffiness out of your voice when you hit P's or other types of things. Um, that's always good because then it produces great clarity. Having it within a certain distance of your face or your mouth when you're talking, uh, that's also a good uh, good practice. Uh, also, quiet locations. A lot of times somebody might set up in a kitchen or something that's got wood floors or hard floors or tile. That's kind of echoey, so you want to make sure you have a little bit of furniture around something that suck up some of the ambient audio so it doesn't sound like you're talking in a trash can or in a cave. And then last, trying to limit the distractions. Uh, I was telling Meredith in our pre-talk uh, for this podcast that I, I usually like to have a cup of water with me so that I can drink some of that because, you know, if you're drinking something other than water, you might get choked up a little bit and you don't want to have that happen either. Um, Meredith, anything on the number one, what's the right gear thing? 
Yeah, yeah. I think those are all really great tech tips. And and I think, you know, it starts too with the software that you have to have, the the technology behind how you're going to record it. Some, you know, some teachers have the luxury of having a Mac and that comes with GarageBand. Some decide to go more the Audacity route. Obviously, I'm going to be a big proponent of Soundtrap. And, and it comes down to the fact that you, yes, you could use external hardware, but you don't have to. And so you don't, you know, your kids at home right now that are doing distance learning, they may not have a microphone, they may not have headphones, but if they had access to Soundtrap, they could at least get their voice heard somehow. They could push record and have an audio file when it's all over with. So I, I start there, I make sure that, that that software is going to be accessible for whoever's going to need it. Uh, if it works on a Chromebook, if it works on you know a um, mobile device, can you bounce between the two? That's That's important for me because I may not, necessarily do my recording in one shot. I might want to do an interview on the road and pull out my phone. So that's a big piece. And then the second one I just add is once we do get back in the classroom, you know, some teachers do uh, podcasting, but then they have, you know, 20 or 30 kids in the classroom at one time. And it's really hard to get that quiet space. So we've um, we've done a little bit of research and, and tried a few out on DIY mobile booths so getting like a container it could be a cardboard box could be a plastic box but fill it with some kind of foam and have it large enough that the student could put their head essentially in the box uh, and be able to have that deadening area in a classroom and, and I've seen it work where there's been 30 kids and five boxes along the one wall and there's five kids rocking and rolling doing their recordings and there's very little background noise that gets picked up so that you just need you know a box and some foam yeah it's kind of like your uh, own little mobile studio type of thing where you've got it all soundproofed up and um you know i have seen for those who are really on a super duper budget and you say well i can't buy a mic um, a lot of times people will take their headphones off of their uh their, their phone uh, and plug it into their computer and use the inline microphone that you have on your uh, your earbuds or your mm -hmm. uh, pods or whatever. And, um, and those are quite effective. A lot of people use them and they're quite good. Um, again, making sure that you're in a quiet place. Um, and, and to Meredith's point, there are microphones, if you kind of look into this a little bit, that have a different uh, radial pattern that uh, keeps some of the ambient audio out. That's another helpful thing because if you have microphones that have a wide dispersion is what they call it, it captures a lot of, of uh, background noise intentionally because that's the type of mic you're using. There's other ones that have like a small like halo or globe around them that kind of keeps uh, the sound close to the end of the mic. So again, that and the idea that uh, of the soundproof box is a really good one, particularly in noisy, uh, you know, environments. Yeah, for sure. Well, number two is what's the best method or approach to creating a podcast? And I always think the magic starts there because in preparation, it always sounds better because you have kind of a, a, a format, you know, and I like to write a script um, and just kind of keep me on track. And uh, also, I, I'm very big on knowing what's the central idea so you don't kind of get wandering off in conversation and that can happen. And then organize it in bite-sized pieces, much like we've done today with all of you, uh, make it, you know, three or four, no more, you know, less is more, always more, always. So uh, keep it in those bite-sized pieces. And then you always have to focus on who's the audience, who's listening to this. Because you could do it for you and get very involved because you're like, you know, really getting into it. And sometimes you lose people because you're going too deep or you're, you know, satisfying, you know, something that you're thinking about. You got to kind of keep it, 
you know, centered around what's the audience listening to. So, uh, Meredith, what, what thoughts you have on that? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I would just add those, those are great. I would add that, um, you know, as a teacher, just start where you wish to finish. So that's, I, I love that reminder is like, why are you doing a podcast? Is it to play with your new tech? Maybe, but probably not. We, we most likely have some kind of larger objective that we want the kids to, to, um, complete. And so think about that. And it does usually come back to audience, as you mentioned, and so if you're going to be doing an interview and turn it into a podcast, who, who's going to want to listen to that interview? Is it going to be the government? Is it going to be the larger public? Is it just going to be the teacher? Uh, so I definitely like that. And I always um, tell teachers that after they, the kids have know their why, have them write a script, like you said, storyboard the whole thing out, rehearse record, rehearse it, record. There's going to be kids don't like the sound of their voice oftentimes. I mean, I don't even like the sound of my voice. And so have them just practice a few times and listen back. And then, you know, there's, I think there's five steps. I say, you know, the script writing, uh, edit the script, obviously go through, you record, then you edit the recording, and then you're going to publish. And so just making sure that you don't put that technology in front of them the first day and say, we're going to record today because it's not going to happen that first day. There's a lot of legwork that happens prior to that. Yeah. Well, uh, just two other thoughts is that um, these kids today learn in the art of abbreviation, which drives a lot of educators nuts because (laughs) educators want to go long form. And I get that. But I think the path to long form is starting off short and then uh, and abbreviated. So, um, you know, sound bites are a big deal. So if you can hook them with a sound bite, you'll get them to kind of listen in on the rest of it. So it's kind of a, again, back to less is more. But when you got kids that are, you know, daily in TikTok or in, uh, you know, uh, some of the other, you know, abbreviated, uh, you know, applications they use on their phone, um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of the other one. What's the one that, that, uh, Snapchat. Snapchat, Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Snapchat. Uh, that, you know, those kinds of things are all like one-offs, you know, in fact, Snapchat, you can't even get it back, you know? So just think about that. And along with Instagram, they're all like soundbite things. But, um, so when you create content for students, versus your fellow teachers, you're going to do it more of an abbreviation uh, pa- approach, an abbreviated approach versus something a little longer form for teachers because they're going to want to peel the onion and know more. But uh, so that's just something to, to kind of consider when you're doing your construct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and also, I, I forgot to mention is having the kids listen to some podcasts if they don't already, you know, they they're used to their TikTok and their Snapchat and that abbreviated little 10, 15 second thing. And, and this is going to be different. It's going to be longer extended. Uh, maybe more educational or, or um, content rich. And so saying, you know, kids, you need to find your best five or here's five, you know, what, whatever the case may be, but have them consume some of it so they can get their ideas that they might want to take away from that. That's my daughter has a project happening right now with hers is, and we, we pushed the envelope and said, Hey, instead of a Google slideshow, can she do a podcast? And the teacher was gracious enough to say, yes, she can, she can think outside the box. <laughs> and so uh, one of them was, I wanted her to hear other kids' podcasts that they created. So this morning we listened to a couple of examples and her, her face when she heard these kids voice and it sounded so professional. And I said, Morgan, you, 
you're going to be able to sound just as good as this and we can do it in very little time. And so that's tomorrow's project for mom school. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, it's, you make a great point because, uh, the, the thing that becomes somewhat defeating aside from having the right technology and stuff, you could write a great script and, and you can have it right in front of you and still crash and burn. And I've done it yeah. a bunch of times. I'm sure you've experienced it, but uh, you know, you keep doing and you keep pitching and uh, I guarantee you that what you do today, a week from now will be completely different and better. Uh, so just hit record and just get after it and uh, better you will get. All right, let's go to number three. And this is really a, a, a good one for Meredith is how does Soundtrap make it easy to create podcasts. And as you mentioned, having the right platform and application to do this matters tremendously. So Meredith, take it away. Yeah. So exciting times. Uh, you know, unfortunately we do have a very challenging time in our world with the pandemic, but because of that, uh, some of the kind of brighter spots in education has popped out. And that is we get to explore some new things with distance learning and soundtrack for education wanted to support that and we've we've now extended our trials through the rest of the school year the free trial for teachers through the wow. rest of the school year cool so they cool. can so they can experience and have um a pretty good um amount of time to allow for kids to to dive in and use the platform for audio projects and so um we that's great and so Every morning I'm opening my email and I'm sorry. It's I am, the hotline. Uh, it's the hotline. It is. It is. Um, and getting these like thank you messages from teachers saying you you saved the day. And I didn't. I mean, I, I wish that I could put that cape on and say yes, but um, they they say, you know, this is exactly what I needed at this time. I, I didn't want to just have worksheets and worksheets and worksheets for my kids during the COVID time. I wanted to give them an opportunity to be creative and they only have their Chromebook at home. And so this was the tool that could help us get to that point. And so, um, and, and part of that is, you know, it's device agnostic, it's online, it's, it, there's no download required. So it's super easy to use in that regard. And then we have the, um, like you had mentioned the, the, the sound, you know how, like when you go into a wide open room, it's kind of uh, echoey. And, and when you go into Soundtrap studio online, you, you choose your own adventure. You say music making or podcast making. And when you click on podcast making, the levels of the microphone automatically adjust for the microphone that you have, whether that's your computer enhanced microphone that's just on your Chromebook or if you have a little fancier one plugged in. And so they make it super, super easy to use um, for that in that regard. And so you can have a little learner, a young learner at age four, um, just starting out for the first time, uh, creating and podcasting uh, for the first time in very little time. Yeah. And so we wanna say that Soundtrap democratizes music making and, and, that's, and that is it. It's equal and opportunity for all. And so during this time, we've definitely seen an uptick for um, these great projects throughout school systems. Well, to say you guys make it easy is probably an understatement because it sounds like you've kind of covered some of those things that sometimes, again, can be defeating, um, you know, when, when being creative and nobody wants to have those kinds of hurdles get in the way of, of their creative juices kind of narrow when, when those things happen. So it, that's kind of cool. Now, this is the full version, right? I mean, this is not a handicapped or, or light version. This is the full money, right? Right. Okay. This is they. The teachers get access through the rest of the school year for for what we what we sell in schools, and yeah. so 
It is. I mean, it's a time. If this has ever been an opportunity for you to try something new or something that you kind of always wanted to itch that scratch a bit, um, now would be the time and they have uh, ample opportunity to, to do that. And, and then also get some use cases so you have a bit of, of um, a portfolio to take back to your district and say, hey, this is good stuff. You know, we buy textbooks because it's, they're good. They have the content that they need. Okay. What are we doing for creative tools in, you know, more of a flipped classroom situation? And so that's when we can, um, we, we have that, you know, portfolio of student examples that have been created. And there has been so many during this time. Just last week, I was three times in tears when my colleagues shared projects that they had just gathered through emails, like I had mentioned, of these kids creating and and some of them finding their voice for the first time and and the emotions that come out with that. It's like, it's just a really, really beautiful thing. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I would say also that the other thing that's uh, rather important here to mention is that in doing uh, a podcast in these times where we're outside the classroom, and I think you mentioned this, is that it went and we get back to the classroom. Uh, I don't want teachers to kind of abandon this tool because it's um, the best analogy I can think of is that if you've ever texted with your thumbs and it takes forever to write like a paragraph and where if you speak it in the Siri or Google Assistant, you can just, you know, narrate it. it it's so fast and it's so easy. And I think podcasting is kind of like that. If you had to type out a whole paragraph of what you want kids to do, your students to do, you can just articulate it and put it in a podcast uh, and send it out as an audio package. So much easier to do that. So I kind of reinforce the thing that you touched on is, you know, we're doing this now because we're, you know, we have students at home in the living room when they're back in the classroom. Um, let's not abandon this great, tool because this is really something again that has high accessibility can be used anywhere anytime and it doesn't wear you out because once you say it they can repeat it over and over again I think that's just mm -hmm. for teachers is a lifesaver because a lot of teachers mm -hmm. at the end of the day they're exhausted they go you know how many times I had to repeat that you know I mean <laughs> it, it just drives you nutty and so anyway it's like having a, a lot of paraprofessionals back in the day in the room with you so um, it's kind of a cool thing like that um, any last thoughts on uh, uh, stuff that they need to know about Soundtrap? Yeah, I think uh, if they do, you know, we, we have an assignment feature, which is really nice where you can create, like you just were saying that uh, the first track could be the instructions for the podcast. You, you know, the teacher would record their voice and just say, hey, kids, we're going to do this activity, blah, 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 blah. And then when a teacher shares the link for that project, then when the student clicks on it, it then forks off their own version. And, and then as a teacher you have, let's say, 30 versions of that same project in a folder for you, yeah. and it's organized. And, and that's been a game changer for a lot of teachers because there's not the upload, download, organized Dropbox, Google Drive. It's just all in this assignment folder on this date. You know, oh, five kids have opened it, 10 haven't. Uh, it's really nice. And then you're an automatic collaborator as a teacher. So you've got you've got the ability to add some comments to it just right in the studio, or you could even edit it too, if you wanted. Yeah. Um, so I would just say that super, super easy to use. And now is the time to try it out because we want to make sure you have the right tools during this distance learning time. Yeah. It's to nice to have those learn. analytics. Cause then, you know, if you're really reaching kids or yeah. not and, you know, and then, and those are good guideposts because then it tells you either I'm, um, 
being too long form on it, maybe not abbreviated enough, or I'm not staying on the central idea enough with them. You know, it's a great way to use those analytics, not just to go, oh, only four kids listened. It's it's really very telling if you start kind of looking at it. So I think that's really cool. Um, I'm going to just kind of end with some closing thoughts on our wrap-up here. Um, the benefit of podcasting, um, I talk about uh, narrative instruction, uh, which is kind of a term I've coined, and the idea is really around using audio to as a guidepost for students when you're not in the room and uh, that they you know get the essentials to help guide them through because I think I've got a 14-year-old, 16-year-old here at home, and they're all like, I don't understand what she's saying or what or what was said or, or what he <laughs> told me or whatever. And, um, and, and I think this is a great time to have those reminders in that in that narrative that just helps them along the way um and uh, that's cool and um you know again we talk repeatedly about being uh, on demand and repeating uh the the playback is always a big deal um accessibility we touched on computers tablets phones it doesn't almost matter in fact i was telling meredith uh earlier that a lot of times if you had a video, like a vlog, uh, sometimes people can't watch those if they're, you know, mm-hmm. if, they're, if a student is able to drive or they're riding a bike or they're on a skateboard or they're, you know, somewhere where the screen's washed out and they can't see the image. Uh, audio still rules the day. So, let, you know, I, I think that there's something sa- to be said about that. Um, I think Soundtrap obviously makes it so easy. And uh, for those that are listening, go to soundtrap.com forward slash edu to learn more. And you'll see their, um, their terrific uh, uh, and very gracious, uh, you know, help for the COVID uh, crisis that we're in to allow you to use a full version and uh, really see the power of this. Um, any last words or thoughts there, Meredith? No, just, oh, thank you so much for having me and helping me get the word out about, you know, storytelling and student voice and giving them an opportunity during this time when we are a bit sheltered and um, distant from each other and otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Well, I really appreciate it. And my sincere thanks to Meredith uh, from Soundtrap, uh, all her terrific uh, insights. And uh, thanks for tuning in. And until then, this is Buzz with the Buzz on Education. And I'll be talking with you soon. Keep learning.